Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. It is such a pleasure to be here with you and to have with us a pioneer in energy medicine, which those of you who have been listening, if this is your first episode, I am the CEO of om-heals.com, a platform that matches people with the best energy medicine practitioner for them around the world. And it is my passion, as I was sharing with Ellen before the show started, to bring energy medicine to the world. So I'm very excited to share a little bit about her journey with you today and talk to a woman who's been doing this for, gosh, 40 years. Ellen Meredith is the author of Your Body Will Show You the Way and The Language Your Body Speaks. She has been in practice since 1984 as an energy healer, conscious channel, and medical intuitive helping over 10,000 students and clients worldwide. As an energy medicine practitioner, Ellen helps clients engage with the body's energies to activate healing. She teaches energy medicine courses on the Shift Network and has served on the faculty of energy medicine pioneer Donna Eden since 2010. Thank you so much for being here with us, Ellen. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. So how was it that you became, especially, my gosh, back in 1984, how did you even discover energy medicine back then? I was originally taught by my inner teachers. I have these groups of inner teachers that I call my councils, and I've been working with them pretty intensively for maybe 50 years. And at one point, they said, you're going to be moving to California, and you're going to get very sick. And in the process of healing, you're going to become a healer or an energy medicine. They didn't call it energy medicine. They said energy healer. And what I heard in that whole speech was, you're going to move to California. (laughs) And I was so excited because I love California. And it did, in fact, happen that I moved to California and I did become very ill. And I ended up through a series of not so coincidental coincidences, working with a complementary practitioner who does something called applied kinesiology, which involves muscle testing and meridians and all kinds of stuff like that. And what I discovered working with her was that I could actually see what was going on in my own body. And I could look at the whole wall of supplements she had in her office and see which ones I needed, not only which one I needed, but how much of each one I needed. And that was news to me. And I think that the lesson in that isn't, oh, I've got special powers, but that all of us have all kinds of abilities that we don't discover if we aren't put in a situation that helps for them or find them out. So I discovered that I had a lot of medical intuitive ability. And when I healed, the practitioner invited me into her office to work as a medical intuitive. And I started working there very part-time, but then clients started coming to me individually. And I'm also a channel, a conscious channel. So they came for readings, they came for healings, and it just took off. And that was 40 years ago, and I'm here I am now. Ellen, let's talk for a moment about energy medicine and how it ties into consciousness. I had the privilege of spending two weekends in a row with Bruce Lipton, first with him in Paris, and then this past weekend in Hungary. And we were talking about our consciousness and how our beliefs impact, as of course, Bruce has written, the biology of belief. Talk to us about what you've discovered in this 40 plus year practice of how our consciousness directly correlates, or maybe it doesn't, to our body and its health. 
one thing that we have to say before I can fully address that is I don't see that the body is a separate thing from our consciousness. I feel that we span a spectrum from body, mind, spirit, and that's all us. I have all three on my spectrum. So I can go anywhere on the spectrum and affect the other aspects of it. I can go to my mind and affect my spirit and my body. I can go to my spirit and affect my mind and body. And I can go to my body to converse with and and affect my mind and spirit. And when you start to see yourself as spanning these three densities of being, then it makes perfect sense that consciousness not only affects your well-being, but If you say we're made of energy, they talk about we're made of energy. Scientists like to talk about this is all energy and it looks solid. The energy we're made of, the subtle energy, is not like protons, neutrons, like they describe it in science. It is intelligent. It has consciousness. Maybe it is consciousness itself. So if you think I'm made of consciousness and I'm this web of expressive consciousness expressing itself in the in this concrete shared reality then of course it has everything to do with consciousness because it is consciousness on that note so if everything is consciousness where does illness come from okay illness comes from when the body mind and spirit can't get on the same page And if you put three drivers in a car and they're all trying to drive, the car doesn't know where to go. And in a way, we have this committee of three. We have the spirit, we have the mind, we have the body, and they all have some kind of free will or agency, but they have to work together. And so whenever we're not living our soul's truth, whenever the mind is putting out a reality that doesn't match the body's reality, whenever the body has an agenda that the mind and spirit aren't aren't attending to or honoring, that creates stress and that stress creates illness. That's simplistic because there's as many flavors of illness as there are ice creams. <laughs> but but I think that if we understand illness as the failure to function as well as we can in a moment and as communications from the body to the mind and sometimes to the spirit of what it needs, then I think you can understand that if my body signals with a little discomfort, I mean, because the body speaks through symptoms, right? So if the symptoms and I should say the body speaks through symptoms and sensations, I get a sensation or a little symptom and I ignore it, the body speaks louder. And if I ignore that, the body speaks louder. And pretty soon it's screaming at me with illness. It, It snowballs into illness. So I think one of the root causes of illness is failure to show up and truly connect and build ongoing dialogue and conversation with our own instrument. And that's a lot of what I teach in my books is how to work with this instrument, how to speak the language of energy to this matrix of energy that we are. Let's say that somebody right now who's listening, I like to imagine what our listeners are thinking right now. And somebody right now who's listening feels a tickle in their throat, right? What do you do when you feel a tickle in your throat so it doesn't explode into a full virus, flu, whatever it might be? Or does it, is it just naturally going to go down that path? I think the first step is to tune in and just start to initiate a dialogue with that part of your body. So you can maybe touch your throat and feel into it and use all of your sensations, your hearing, your vision, your sen- your feel, your direct knowing to see if it says anything to you, what, what's going on. But beyond that, 
illness doesn't always come from the place it shows up. I teach a lot of different techniques for investigating what is going on. What's the body saying to you in its own language? And then, of course, how can you respond in its own language? So, for example, you know those sniffer dogs at the airport that they have sniffing the contraband? So you can invite a little sniffer dog to come and go find what's the source of this tickle? Where's it coming from? And you send your little sniffer dog all over your body, maybe your field, maybe your mind and even your life and have the sniffer dog show you where's this communication emanating from? What do I need to know relative to this thing? And usually the sniffer dog will take you right to where it's coming from. It it might go down to your gut and you realize, oh, wait, yeah, my gut's tight too. There's something happening there. And, um, And then you can communicate with your gut using energy language. You can touch it. You can tap it. You can figure eight it. There's many ways to, to communicate with energies. What is figure eight it? I've heard many things in all of my years of interviewing people. And of course, you touch it, you talk to it. I've heard miraculous stories. I had a friend once completely disappeared tumor and her doctor thought she had surgery without him knowing. Figure eight it though. So figure eight is basically just draw a figure eight shape, either on the body directly or in the field over the body. Because one of the most natural ways that energy likes to move is in a figure eight motion. And the more figure eights you have in your energy field, the healthier you are. So often when we're in a situation that's challenging our health, our energies stop figure eighting. They start going in parallel circles or other forms because Again, not only are we a massive energy, as I described, but it's always moving. It's a moving massive energy. And it's not random. This isn't a Jackson Pollock painting, right? It has patterns and it has rhythms to it. So learning to speak energy to energy is learning how to work with those rhythms and patterns and reinforce the healthy ones or recognize where the the unhealthy ones are interfering with our natural flow. And so figure eighting is something that you can do, even if you don't know what the flow is supposed to be, it helps reinstate healthy messaging in that area of your body. Offline, we were talking about another book I had just recently read and somebody I know who, in her book, she talks about one of the oldest, I think it's the first Iceman, there's a term for it, found in Italy, I think, that was thousands and thousands of years old. And what was mind-blowing is that modern-day acupuncture and medicine healers use two, I think it was in the book referenced, two parallel lines on different parts of the meridian on the body to heal. And yet they found this on a man 5,000 years old in ice. How is that possible? And that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I think that that our ignorance of how the body's energies work is fairly recent in history. I think we've been, especially in Western in the Western medicine realm of people who who are within the realm of allopathic medicine, we've really much been schooled to ignore our energies and how they work. And the body has two languages. It speaks chemistry and it speaks energy or subtle energy. And our culture is so skewed towards the chemistry that we go to the doctor, they test our blood for chemical balance, they give us a chemical intervention, and that's pretty much how our medicine is focused. But a lot of cultures, particularly older cultures, they use the energy communications of the body, which in some ways are more effective because they're less invasive, they're more immediate, and they underlie the chemistry. 
So your chemistry can't necessarily heal your energy, but healing your energy can frequently, if not pretty much always, heal your chemistry. So I think what they found in ancient that ancient man was practices that we're just rediscovering in our part of the world, but are still known in some of the older traditions. Certainly Chinese medicine has held on to some of this, this knowing and Tibetan medicine and some other forms of energy medicine around the globe. Other ways, Ellen, that we can be proactive rather than reactive. As you said, waiting until we get to that point, but there was the figure eight that you mentioned, talking to the body. What else are you a fan of things like meditation? We've had so many wonderful thought leaders on the show, and we're always talking about what are the ways that we can proactively heal our body so we don't even ever have to get to the tickle. In the- well, if you remember, at least my definition of illness is that when the body's shouting louder and louder because it's not heard, that doesn't happen if you're in ongoing energy dialogue with yourself. And too often, even things we think we're doing proactively, we do it medicinally. It's like we, we sit and meditate in order to not get sick or to not have kind of stress or whatever. But I think that the part of those traditions that's particularly valuable for self-healing and wellness is the mindfulness practice. It's throughout the day, engaging in energy dialogue and building relationship with your own instrument. And we are so focused in our world right now on what I call outside-in thinking. We turn to outside experts to get information. We see ourselves as, how does the world see me? I'm gratified if you praise me or you validate my work, rather than being gratified by the doing of it, by the journey of it. And I think that the best way to cultivate wellness is to cultivate an inside-out approach to living. And I don't just say this, I show in great detail all the many ways you can do that. Things like that sniffer dog exercise gets us really going inward to get the information we need rather than always objectifying ourselves. We want to enter into our subjective reality, our subjective living. And because when we die, we don't take the resume with us, but we do take the enrichment of our soul that happens when we're fully living. So I think that it's not about avoiding illness at all. It's about cultivating wellness. And well-being might involve some symptoms or some pain. I can be very well and still have a sore knee. And if I see myself as I'm not well because my knee is defective and I'm striving for perfectionism, I miss all those moments of wellness where I'm well, though my heat knee hurts. It's funny, I think, Ellen, of what happened yesterday. I was traveling and I was at the airport. I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you out there. And as I have your bags and you're putting them in the security line and this and that, and you take off your shoes. And the next thing you know, I banged my little baby pinky toe on a metal thing as you're going through security. And I was like, ah, it hurts so bad. And so instead of, I was like, be with the pain. I remember hearing somewhere that it takes 90 seconds to feel something, to feel anger, feel pain, feel fear, sadness. And yet most of the time we don't give ourselves permission. So everybody at the airport probably thought I was crazy because I'm just sitting there and I'm like feeling the pain, just going right into that little baby toe pain. And thank God between that and just staying with the pain, I didn't think I'd be able to walk. It was so painful and calling a wonderful energy healer who I know within an hour I was back to normal and now there's a tiny bit of pain and it didn't I think so often we allow ourselves to be the victim of our circumstances. Had I had a different mindset, 
I could have been in victim mentality, which would have suppressed my immune system even further. This isn't fair. They made me take off my... That whole scene could very easily narrate. And yet, when you put yourself in that power, powerful story of, I got this. Okay, I banged my toe. Am I going to survive it? Yes. Do I feel the pain? Yes. Though I thought it was a great lesson of how you could almost feel the fork in the road where our choices and our consciousness to take it back to consciousness really determines the outcome of how different opportunities for health might show up. Absolutely. And I think we have those choice points throughout our day, not only in whether we listen to pain or not, but whether we participate in creating a self. If where we say, I want to be this kind of person. I want to do it this way. I, not with this outer image of who I want to become, but this is the energy I want to inhabit in this moment. And I think that when we not only create the habit of dialogue with our own being, but we activate what I call the inner guidance system that's built into every fiber of our being, you get to the point where you don't have to call the healer because you are the healer. Yeah. In any moment, unless you're so outside yourself, you can't function. I occasionally ask healers to dance in. But most of the time, if I sprain my ankle, I know how to put it back. I know how to reset it so that I can walk in about five or 10 minutes. And I know how to bring my blood pressure down if I feel it go up. And I know how to calm the reactivity that threatens to ruin my entire day when I run into somebody that, when I run into something, excuse me, something metal that derails me in a moment. And that's what I'm talking about in Your Body Will Show You the Way of developing that skill set and that ongoing relationship with your own being. Because I think in our culture, we're not taught that how to use the user's manual that's built into the body. And it's here for us. It's not something some special individual knows. We each of us can learn to access the user's manual and your body will show you what does it need in order to heal that situation. If you tuned into your, you did tune into your toe. So that's the first step. And you listen to the pain. That's another step. You could have asked it, what would be of help right now? And asked it not just once every minute or two minutes. And it might have said, just hold me like a kid that's hurt. Hold me and kiss me and love me. And then maybe a few minutes later, it would have said, well, could you put an ice cube there or plunge me in cold water or drink some cold water? Or could you do some certain kind of breathing, like breathe in on three and out on five? And there's all kinds of tools that the body can easily show you if you have them in your consciousness as possibilities of energy dialogue with your own being. (laughs) I love that, Ellen, because actually the first thing I did is I kept telling, I touched my toe and put my hands on and said, I love you. I love you, toe. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I'm so sorry I caused you pain. I love you, toe. Just that I loved it. And that's so wise, though. When my friend healed the tumor in her body, she thought the people were off a rocker who said, you put your left hand, it was on her vocal cords, and she's a famous speaker. And she put her hand on her vocal cords, the left hand, I think it's related to healing, correct? And- I never learned those rules, so I'm ambidextrous. <laughs> there are some traditions that teach that. I, I Mine both work, so. Yeah, and what she did is just every day she would talk to her tumor and say, tumor, what do you need? Tumor, what are you trying to teach me? Tumor, and just went on and on. And in fact, we have a healer on our platform, Denise DeSimone, who was very famous. She had stage four throat cancer, and she did the 
She even named her throat cancer and called it PIN for pain in the neck. And she talked to her throat cancer every day. And after the doctors gave her three months to live, she's still here and fine. I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of stories like that, both in my book and in my life from clients who just showed up for themselves and their body showed them how to heal. And they've healed things that aren't supposed to be healable, that are incurable, stage four cancer that they've been sent home to die, or Donna Eden healed her MS, tuning into her body and building a different relationship and connecting energies up. So so what I want to say about the language of energy, it's not just, it's not like we have a dialogue with our imaginary friend. That's part of it. But it is also understanding that it may say, take off your party clothes and stay home. It might say, don't eat that food you just put on your plate. That's not what I need right now. It communicates much more than just emotional conversations. It gives us guidance as to how we use our energies moment by moment and how we position our body moment by moment and how we move moment by moment and what energies we invoke or invite in moment by moment. So it's a lot. It's a very rich language more than what we think of when we write little dramas and it's someone talking back and forth. The speech, it's more almost more like sign language. It's much more multidimensional than verbal dialogue. What happens, Ellen, if we get mixed signals? I'll give you a great example. So as I'm in Lisbon and there's a big conference happening and I've been traveling and my plane was delayed yesterday in Madrid on my way back from Budapest. And there's a part of me that is saying, no. I want to stay home. It is in my house. This conference only happens once a year. There's a party I've already been invited to. And I just had my husband muscle test me and my muscle test said yes. So I have these two conflicting parts. What do you do when you have your muscle test? You check in, your muscles say, yes, it's in your highest and best good to go. And yet you're, maybe you could call it your conscious is saying, I don't know about that. Like, how do you reconcile the two? How do you learn to interpret the When that happens, it means that your body, mind, and spirit aren't on the same page. So there's a couple things you can do. One thing you can do is figure eight from behind you, through your body, and forward ahead of you, as if it's wiser self, physical self, or earth elemental body self, and talking self, and just keep figure eighting forward to back, through the body, you can do it on the side, but integrating those three selves to get them on the same page. So that's one thing you can do. You can also put one hand on your heart and one hand on your solar plexus and maybe cross your ankles, which gives you better crossover in the body. And in that position, when you've got your ankles crossed and you're holding your heart and you're holding your solar plexus, and then Breathe in on a count of three and out on a count of five, just for a couple breaths. So breathe in, two, three, and then exhale on a count, two, three, four, five. And what the, that breathing does, it helps you release stuff that's clogging your system and making it hard to make decisions or figure out what's what. So it's an, a gesture of release, right? The three, five breathing and the holding of those points is integrating your heart with your identity and the crossed ankles. You're crossing your left and right side. You're also touching a meridian that rules your, your nervous system. So the systems, the body have access points all over the body. And when you start to learn to work with these different access points, you can even make up in the moment what you need to get everybody 
on board with having the conversation. And then you do that until you feel yourself shift into clarity. And then you can say, what's in my higher good? And sometimes it's not an either or. Sometimes it's not go to Lisbon or stay home. It's go to Lisbon, but skip everything but the party you have to go to. Or go to Lisbon, but take only my blue tops because I have to wear blue the whole time in order to feel good about myself. Or So we have to stay open to the fact that when the body can't give us a yes-no answer, it may not be a yes-no question. Brilliant, brilliant advice. Wow. There is obviously so much wisdom in your book that we're talking about today. Your body will show you the way. We have Ellen Meredith here with us. Ellen, are there any other tidbits or a last point that you'd love to leave our listeners with today? Maybe something I didn't ask you or one of your favorite topics in the book. I think my favorite topic at the moment is that we're really going through a big sea change in our world. This isn't about just details falling apart and systems breaking down. We really are shifting from, I believe, this yang outside in way of being to what I call empowered yin, the yin rising that's not passive at all. It's like the yin of a mother giving birth. And we're having to discover our own agency, our own ability to create a self and to work from the inside out, from within us. And and there's a lot of garbage as we make this shift. Usually when we make a big change, the old way gets very exaggerated. And the old way was very much about either or thinking this kind of polarity. And so there's a lot of right now around us, but it's like a tooth erupting. It hurts a lot and everything erupts, but then you get this great new tooth and you can chew more stuff. So I think we need to just remember that we're shifting and have compassion for each other, but try to cultivate the ability to see many different sides of things at once, what I call spherical both and thinking. And that's coming from the inside where we're connected, we're all connected. And I think that if we remember that we're all being triggered by a very big change that makes it creates a lot of insecurity in individuals, we can start to find our own security as individuals that helps to anchor the world as it shifts and the people as it shifts. I really encourage people to go inward and to find those anchors within themselves, whether or not you learn the details of energy medicine, just acknowledging your beautiful contribution to the collective and to the planet is already a wonderful gift to humanity. It's beautiful that you brought that up, Ellen. When we did our global launch of Om Heals, we called the weekend Healing from the Inside Out. And that's really what it comes down to. We all have the capacity to heal from the inside out. So Ellen, where can people find information about you and your book? Okay. My website is www.ellenmeredith.com. And that's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H. So ellenmeredith.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Energy Wisdom with Ellen Meredith. And I have a Facebook group that's about to launch about my work as well. But you can find my books and everything through my website. So ellenmeredith.com is probably the starting place. Thank you so much, Ellen. It's, I've been somebody who's been a devotee of energy medicine for many years now, and I always learn something new. That's what I'm so awe-inspired by this work, just the figure eight thing and so many of the wonderful tips and tidbits of wisdom you provided us all today. Please go out and check out Ellen's incredible work. 
And if you want to find out too, it is always free to find out who you match with. You can go to om-heals, O-M-H-E-A-L-S.com and find out with the hundred plus practitioners we have from around the world, who do you match with and see if you enjoy anybody's vibration. I am Jennifer Cahill and it's such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics dot com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.